0: hello everybody how you doing you know who this is this is s anthony thomas host of the s anthony says podcast also known as s anthony says also known as the thing you're listening to right now and i want to say and this is episode actually 168 and i want to say i just want to say something really i just want to thank you guys seriously uh all kidding aside all the crazy crap i say will be after this section (laughs) or in this section because i do what i want damn it i mean hi uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you because, uh, last week was a, was an episode that was, that did put, that did very, very well and it did a lot better than I thought because there's been people coming along and listening at a nice clip and I appreciate you new people. And, and I also appreciate the people that have been listening to me since episode one, much love to you and thank you for hanging around. And to the news people, I want to say a special shout out and a hello to you t- as well. Um, first of all, I just want to thank everybody for the kind words, man. Whether it be on Twitter, Tumblr, Tumblr, Facebook, or through the email, it's really, really cool, and I really, really appreciate it. I want you see, because last week's episode did well, and then this week's episode just blew right past last week's episode. Meaning, the people that liked the last one came on and listened to the next one and decided, "Hey, this guy's pretty cool. I'll keep listening." And I appreciate that. See, the thing about it is, what people don't understand um, is, I'm primarily as a, as a live performer. I personally believe that there's, there's a certain amount that you can dig out of yourself to improve what you're doing. You know, there's a passion that, that's involved in it. There's, a, there's a, a, a natural ability that's involved in it. And when you work hard and you're motivated to work hard, you always can dig a lot out of yourself. You can do more than you're actually capable of. But I truly believe when there's other people that appreciate what you do and let you know that they appreciate what you do sincerely, I think they have the ability to pull something even more out of you than you can pull out of yourself. Um it's, it's one of those things where, you know, say you're doing a live show uh, as a comic or a singer or whatever you're doing and you go on stage. And before you go on the stage, there's people that are going insane and going nuts and they're chanting for you and they're saying your name and, you know, they came to see you. That inspires you at a level that you can't do on your own. And sometimes you're almost a spectator to what happens after that yourself. And it's very, very similar when when it comes to to this particular thing here, podcasting and things of that nature. When you see and you know that there are people that genuinely like what you do, especially if it's a a program where you're doing what you want to do, not taking notes from someone else who doesn't understand the art form or who wants to just give themselves a job because, you know, by finding fault where there really isn't. When it when when you're doing what you genuinely want to do and there are people out there that like it and appreciate it and let you know they appreciate it and in addition to that I and mean, i consider this an honor go out and get other people that they think will like it and then those people come along and like it and it continues on and on and on and you can see by the numbers and i can see by the numbers as they grow that that's what's happening it's a wonderful thing and it just makes you more inspired to perform more and it brings out more in you. And I think the shows have gotten better because obviously you keep doing things, you get better at it. But also I think one of the things that makes it even better is knowing that there's someone out there that actually appreciates this crap and brings friends back and continues to listen. Um, so once again, I want to thank you guys for the kind words on, on all of the social media that you continuously give me the retweets and all the kind words and things the, the email, I really appreciate that. And, uh, You know, This is just a fun thing to do and one of the reasons it's fun is because I get to act like my normal goofy ass self But also because I've met via these things some really really cool people and You make this more fun for me and I I appreciate that you appreciate this crap Much love to you all and we are now about to start episode number 168 Ah Wait a minute, before I start the show, I mean, you guys, you're funny, we like your stories, you're interesting, all that stuff. How come no one remarks on my incredible singing? The hell is wrong with you people? Oh, yeah, I know, yeah, I get all the compliments and all of that, but not one of you bastards has said about how incredible my singing is. I'm, I'm about this close, and when seeing as how this is an audio podcast, and not a video podcast, you can't see how close my fingers are together, there, but they're really close together. I could put a needle between them, and the needle would go, man, this is a tight fit. That's how close my fingers are together, and I'm that close from taking back all that nice stuff I just said about you, because you never compliment my incredible singing. Now, I'm going to let you keep that sincere uh replies and sincere words that i just said in this intro section i'm gonna let that stand but if all of you people that keep writing me nice stuff and all of that stuff don't start giving me some compliments on my singing i'm gonna come back and edit all the nice stuff i said about you bastards right out of the show yeah that's right (laughs) much love to you all you guys ready for number 168 cool let's do it roll it All right, guys, let me tell you something. And this is this is the truth. I love science. As a kid, I used to like to watch the science programs. I used to watch PBS and watch all the science programs, read science magazines. I love computers and things of that nature. I've always been fascinated by science, and I think it's cool. But I'm telling you right now, sometimes science kind of sucks. You know, especially in the medical field, I don't like it. I'm telling you right now, because every time we go into these examinations, everything we do when it comes to an examination requires some kind of humiliation on our parts. OK, you got to grab you, you know, and then you got to turn your head to the side and cough to see if you got a hernia like there's no other way to do that crap. If you do the prostate exam, we haven't evolved beyond the fact that you got to have a doctor cram his or her finger in your buttocks to, to feel your prostate. There's no other way to do that. Hmm? The, the, you know, the test, the blood test isn't enough. You still have to go in there. Come on. And I'm telling this because I have I had a couple of older relatives and the doctor wanted to, you know, before he decided to have them come in, he wanted some samples from them before he decided that he had them come in because he wanted to check something just to be sure. And he didn't really need them to come in to check the thing. He needed a sample. Now, every time you go to a doctor's office, you know what kind of sample it usually is. I mean, usually they take blood. Now, obviously, we weren't going to be sticking a needle in somebody's arm and bringing blood into the doctor. They're going to want a nurse to do that. No. And it wasn't a urine sample because they handed you the bag, the bag that you're supposed to use to get the sample. And it was a big bag. And I'm going, how much do you need I mean, what does he got to do? Pee in his bag for a month or something? I mean, this is a big bag. Oh, no, no. We don't need a urine sample. We need a different type of sample. And we're all looking at each other like, what other kind of sample could he possibly? Oh, no, no, no. God, no. Yes, we're going to need a stool sample from your... Mm No, 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 no. But then after a while, we start going, you know what? I mean... So what does that mean he goes to the bathroom and maybe we take something out of the the water and then bring it in and we're like all right one of whoever's around them when it happens we'll do it and we'll bring it in and just uh, he goes oh no 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 no. it can't touch the water and I said what do you mean. You take this thing and you put it in the toilet, and then he goes and it goes into the thing, and then you, and then and I'm going, oh God, oh, who's gonna put the lid on it and bring us? Oh no, we don't want you to put. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You see, once he, you know, puts the, the stuff in the thing, you got to take the thing out. Here's a little scoop. You take this little scoop. You scoop out some of it and put it into this other thing. You ziplock bag it, pack it in ice, and then you have to get. And we're like, ho oh, oh, who, oh, oh, who, oh, oh, who? Oh, oh, Ho, 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 hold it. You want us to put something into this man's toilet? He fills this thing. We then remove that thing from the toilet, and then we have to take a sample from that. Put it in something else, then seal that something else, pack it in ice, and then bring it in. Yes, and it has to be with here within forty five minutes, or you'll have to do it again. Ho, whoa, ho, 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 whoa, whoa, so you mean to tell me there's a chance if there's traffic that whoever does this will have to put this thing into the bathroom. old guy who's our relative goes into the stuff puts his stuff in the thing we take the thing out of the toilet have to take a sample from this, this disgusting crap put it in something else seal it up, pack it in ice then we have to get in the car and race to the hospital and if we don't get there fast enough we have to do it again yes and it was on speakerphone when he said that and we're all looking at each other Assessing which one of us is dumb enough to be fooled into doing this. And I immediately looked at my relatives and realized... Ah, I'm way too smart to get suckered into this. But I'm also the nicest of us. So they may be able to try to guilt me into it. Hmm. So I did what any normal, intelligent, wonderful human being would do in this situation. I calmly walked outside and chopped both my hands off. It was difficult. In fact, I'm actually podcasting with the microphone taped to my chin because my hands were cut off by me. Was it painful? Yes, it was. But when I thought about the alternative, I realized this pain was worth it. (laughs) Just kidding. I did not chop my hands off. That's ridiculous. I backed my car over my hands. Why? Because I don't want to touch that crap or be near that crap. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with that because I've already had to deal with something similar to that before when I had a girlfriend who had a sick relative and I'm being a nice guy and I go with her and we had to take the, the old guy was going in a bedpan and they had other relatives there. Unfortunately, it was a bunch of other ladies and they were all slight ladies and I'm a dude who was bigger than all of them, not a big dude, but bigger than them and someone had to pick up poopy but. And pick him up and put him on the bedpan and then hold him there while he crapped in the bedpan and then take the bed pad out. And it was me. And I'm sitting there going, hold it a second. <coughs> Where are the nurses? And they said, well, they're in the other room laughing because we suckered you into doing it. And I said, wait a second. What? The nurses were going to do it. And you told the nurses, no, let him do it. He's stronger. Are you nuts? And I vowed I would never again. I said the next old man buttocks that I see will be my buttocks in the mirror 40 years from now. And I made that promise to myself. And damn it, I'm going to keep that promise. I still have young man buttocks. Okay, not young man buttocks, but definitely not old man buttocks. Shut up. But I often wondered, science... Why do you? Why have you not figured out a way to get samples that you can use to cure us without doing all this humiliating stuff? You're still sticking that wooden crap down our throat? Why? There's no other way to get that done. You're still doing a finger and the buttocks and the coughing and all of that crap? There's no other way? We still got to pee into cups and in this case... Do a number two and have one of our relatives harvest it and then transport it? Are you crazy? That's disgusting. And sometimes I'm getting a distinct feeling that doctors have moved past that. They've moved past it, but they decided not to tell us. You know, sometimes you always see when you watch one of those conspiracy shows and you see that the government has access to technology that they won't let the general public use. Maybe they use some stuff in a spaceship. Kind of they, they come up with some kind of special alloy or combination of alloys that make the space shuttle able to do things and spaceships able to do things. But they still make us down here on Earth drive cars with plastic bumpers that cost nine grand to fix. Uh-huh bastards And I'm starting to think medicine is like that too you medical bastards you medical bombs I'm, I'm sitting there going my doctor always looks healthy really really healthy how come she never has to deal with this crap and my doctor before that never has to deal with this crap I would like to see doctors actually perform medicine on each other i want to see what they do to each other i would love to hide a camera in the doctor's office right before they examine another doctor to see what happens then have the doctor walk in excuse me uh hi mr johnson what do you do i'm a doctor hey oh so you're really a doctor okay Give me the special doctor handshake. And then they do a special handshake that only other doctors know. And then they confirm that they're in fact a doctor. Even the doctor's spouse doesn't know about the doctor handshake. And then they go, okay, lock the door. We're going to give each other, because you're a doctor, I'm going to give you the real medicine and the real exam. And then they press a special series of buttons on a wall and a wall opens up and the doctor just steps up some steps, walks into a machine. They press a button. It scans the other doctor and the doctor walks down and says, "Okay, here's what's wrong with you. Here's the real drugs. They take the pill in the office, drink the water, gulp, go back up into the machine. See, you're cured. You no longer have triple cancer and double hepatitis. We actually have a cure for that, but we're not going to let the general public know about that crap because we want to save it all for ourselves. Now, everybody out there knows you're a doctor. I just cured you what was wrong with you, but we can't have you walking back out of the office because you've only been in here for three minutes and they might get suspicious. So we're going to turn on a television. We're going to watch some. We're going to watch an episode of three's company and I'm going to act like I'm doing some crap to you. Even though I've already cured you. Yeah, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm telling you something's going on here. Something's fishy. Damn it. Turn on your television. And the, and I know it's a cliched topic, but come on, man. You can't put out medicine with all them Side effects that everybody has. Yes, I know it's a cliche topic, but it still pisses me off. I know it's been covered by everybody else. But guess what? Everything you've ever talked about with someone you run across during the course of the day has been talked about by somebody else. All right. You think nobody else asked the person that you said, hey, what do you think about this weather? You think nobody else ever asked them that? How about they said, hey, buddy, somebody else covered that topic five minutes ago. What else you got, punk? I don't want to talk about the weather. Let's talk about something else. No, they just say, "Ha, it's nice, isn't it? And then you have that same crap conversation that he's already had and you've already had 45 times. So shut it up and I'm going to talk about you medicine bastards. Turn on a television and then they spend five seconds talking about the medicine and 25 minutes talking about the side effects. You know What? You know what that means? It means the medicine isn't ready to be given to people yet. Hmm? And then suspiciously, after about six months, that commercial disappears. And they always have names that are so wacky and stupid, you can't remember. You know why? Because why should they test those medicines out on other doctors? Oh, no. They test them out on your punk ass. And then when they find a the medicine that works... They probably keep it to themselves. Oh, it causes these side effects. Hope double heartburn and triple heartburn. And your buttocks will come out of your eyeball and you'll be and your head'll explode. And then when they figure out and fine-tune the medicine, they give it to each other in that special doctor's only room where they keep the good medicine. Yeah, I said it. That's why I was upset. Stool sample. You mean to tell me you can't come up with another way to find out if somebody's sick than having a bunch of grown men digging into a toilet after another grown man uses it? You're going to start bringing back leeches too when we get cut, huh? Now I understand they still use those things for burn victims and it makes sense, but you mean to tell me you haven't figured out a way to come up with something other than that, you lazy bastards? Come on. Sick of this crap. Yeah, I said it. You know, we, they, they got to have... I'm telling you right now, I'm thinking people... St- they, remember b- back in the day when we really had to invent stuff? You know, you had Tesla coming up with the, the alt- alternate current. And you have all these other people inventing crap because we wanted to travel across the country. I want to go from one side of the country to the other side of the country. And we figure out how to make airplanes and cars and trains and all of that crap. And then if you notice, we kind of just stopped right after I mean what what other flying anything have we come up at with after the helicopter is really that's the most efficient way to get into that crap and fly someplace and to get in an airplane? How come we haven't started doing that crap like in Star Trek where you transport somebody to the other side of the world with some stupid button, you push it and you dissolves you in one place and then you come back together someplace else? How come that hasn't happened? Or maybe it has happened. Maybe it has happened already and they just aren't giving it to the general public. Yeah, I'm wondering about that now, damn it. Hmm. What about, I'm. Um, come on. I know all you famous people, all of you don't have private planes. You probably got teleportation pads somewhere, but you just don't want us having it. You just want it. Oh, come on go to the airport and got somebody feeling you up and you got to walk through this stupid scanner and then the people touching your clothes people playing in your underwear and digging in there like it's a bomb in my drawers come on there's something explosive in there but only for the ladies (laughs) yeah that's right i'm not even a conspiracy theorist but come on man you know, it's the same when you watch, car, like, like if you say expensive cars When you watch expensive cars, there was a point in time when only the only the really expensive cars, you could turn them on with the push button. You push the button. Just, mm, I don't even need to take the key out of my pocket. Watch mm, Oh, wow, that's cool. He's got the button in his car and he just he just has the key fob in his pocket. And now all of a sudden, twenty thousand dollar cars have the same crap. And what does that mean? That means that rich, powerful people had the joy of just turning on their car with a button. And then finally, years later, they finally give it to the rest of us. Why? Because now they got gigantic screens in their car. And the screens control everything. And they have Neville Navigation, the LED screens. And they have the special sense. You put it inside of the glove compartment and they can make the car smell like whatever they want to. And they have a special camera that lets them see all around the car. And they have a car that drives by itself and auto this and auto that. And you don't have that in your car. Why? Because you're not powerful, punk. You'll have it in your car five to ten years from now, but by the time you have that, they'll have something else. They'll have cars that drive by themselves while your punk ass has to still use a steering wheel. Why? Because they always keep the good stuff to themselves till they're bored with it. Then they pass it on down to the rest of us punks. Well, damn it. Don't you think they're doing that with medicine? Of course they are. So I'm going to say right now, doc, I'm not digging in that toilet. I rather have my relative be sick. OK, that sounded bad. I mean, my hands are hurting, so I can't do that. I guess another relative is going to have to deal with the old man buttocks and the sample because my I I feel sick, too. In fact, I feel so sick. They may have to do that for me and br- okay if they bring in a sample for me they're gonna realize that I'm not sick and then I'd get in trouble and be beaten up by my own relatives so I guess I can't do that but that's the but you know what I'm saying people I'm telling you right now they're holding back stuff on us that they don't want us to know about those bastards probably got the good medicine probably got teleportation and, and stuff talking about private jets I know they ain't all got private jets you know Frank Johnson's in Saint-Tropez. Wait a second. I just saw him five minutes ago in New York. How'd that happen? Um, You saw him five minutes ago in New York? Could you come into this room right now, please, sir? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll come in there. And then they put a bag over your head, beat you down, shoot drugs in you to make you forget stuff, and then you come back out, and then all of a sudden, their secret's safe. See, I know things, people. I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking I'm just rambling on about crazy crap, mainly because that's what I've been doing for <clears throat> my entire life. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is they keep stuff back from us and then they let us have it when they feel like letting us have it. And I say I'm not putting it up with it anymore. We need to go out into the streets, damn it, and demand the real medicine. Yeah, and demand the teleportation machines I'm sure they got. They don't have to fly. Ooh, I know they're keeping stuff back. You mean to tell me you haven't come up with anything better than tampons for women? Of course you have, but you don't let us have it. I remember one time, remember that, that drug came out where they go, Well, if you take this drug, women only have three periods a year. Yeah, that's just imagine what they actually have that they're not telling us about they probably got something where women not only do women not have periods but women also uh, think guys are smart because I know they don't think we're smart now but it'll be a drug that makes them think we're smart or a drug that makes us smarter so they'll be, actually will be smarter so they'll like us more I wish women liked us more <clears throat> anyway <laughs> So what I'm saying is, folks, I know they're holding back some good stuff from us. And I say we stop putting up with it. We got to get there and get those bastards and have us have all the good stuff that the powerful bastards have. I want my teleportation machine now, damn it. And I want a doctor that can actually have me walk into one of those special doctor closets that I'm sure doctors have where they can cure each other in two seconds. But they don't want us to know about it. Yeah, that's what's going on through my mind right now, and it had nothing to do with me falling down the steps and hitting my head. Well, maybe it did have. Maybe it did have something to do with me falling down the steps and hitting my head. Because when I you know when I really think about what I just said, it sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, it really, really sounds kind of weird. Maybe, uh, maybe I should call a doctor. I'm gonna listen to this this thing and see whether or not it sounds as. As crazy as I think it sounds, because I, th- I really think that falling down the steps and hitting my head might have had something to do with this segment sounding the way it sounded. I don't know. I'll listen to it, see what happens. Segment over. Hey guys, let me let me. Let me this is really this is a kind of a weird thing. I realize that as a person who's a comedian, I do comedy as well as as podcasting, but it's really kind of hard to shock a comedian with something that you say um, because we tend to use words for a living uh, and we need to be as effective with the words as possible. Um, like I said, when you were a person that uses words for a living, if you're a writer, obviously when you, when you read something, you you have a, a different way of seeing it. And as a comedian, that's the same thing. Cause when I watch, when you watch the, the roast, the comedy central roast on TV and you see the, the, how uh, raw they get, and people are, oh, that's so shocking. But the funny thing about it is if you actually were to have, if you had friends that are comedians, and of course I do, and you hang out with them, you realize that the stuff that you see on the Comedy Central Roasts is watered down version. And I mean way watered down based on, when you, when you compare it to what comedians actually say to and around each other. It's it, it, literally, that is nothing compared to what we say to and around each other. You know, and because the thing is, if, if you watch, if you were, to, if when you see, when you go to a comedy club on the weekend, essentially what you're getting from that, from that comedian, and rightfully so, is the comedian's greatest hits package. Whatever was the best material that person wrote that year, if they would the kind of performer that turns their material over that's the best stuff they came up with that year so that's what you get the greatest hits package you know when you go to see your favorite mu- musical performance you want them to play the hits you don't mind if they sprinkle in some stuff in their new album if their new album's good but for the most part you want to hear their hits and that's how it is with comics we're going to hit you with the stuff that we know is the, the a plus crap but If you were to follow a comic around during the formation phase where they go to or where we go to, I should say, open mic nights and showcases. Oh, it's a little different. That's when we're working stuff out. And a lot of times, in many cases, in many cities, the open mic shows and the uh, showcase shows. The audiences are smaller and there's a lot of comics in the back and what comics do when they know there are other comics in the back, they have to pump it up a little more. they will be a little more outrageous, a little more over the top because they're trying to make their friends, a.k.a. the other comedians laugh. And what makes us laugh is different than what makes someone who's not a comedian laugh, because we've already heard all the jokes. When you come up to a comedian and you start telling us a joke, even if it's a joke you, all, you wrote or something that happens to you, we already know what you're going to say. Now, we may laugh <laughs> because we're being polite or because we already know what you're going to say and we like the way you perform it. But very rarely are you going to come up to a comic and start telling a joke or a story where we don't know where you're going, because that's what we do. Now, I say that to say it's very hard to shock one of us with something you say. But your friends can do it. Your friends can shock you sometimes. And it happened to me a little while ago. And by a little while ago, I mean a long ass time ago. (laughs) So I'm hanging out with some friends and we're actually going to we're going to do a show in a college town. And what happened was we go to this town and it was a, and then we didn't even know what was going on. We go into beginning of this town and it's one of those things where some sorority thing where the, the, the daughter who was in the college would bring their mom and their grandmother, whatever the surviving female relatives in the lineage were, they would bring them there and they'd all dress in similar clothing or some crap like that. And we're driving through town and we see all these lovely ladies all dressed up. And it was a wonderful thing to see as a guy looking at a bunch of women, even in a non-sexual context, context. It's just we just love looking at you, even if we're not fantasizing about doing things to you, which we usually are. We just we just we just love you. So we've seen all these lovely ladies. And at the time, we're in our 20s. We're, the youngest one in the group is age appropriate for us, so we don't feel good bad looking at the women oh, yeah, in this And you know what I'm saying? We're 22, 23, 24. These girls are like 20, 21, 22, 20. You know, college age and whatever. So we don't. They're they're young enough, that, and we're young enough to to feel not guilty about looking at their butts and and wanting to do stuff to them. So we're all ogling the women. Oh yeah, look at that, look at that. I mean, I mean, my friends were doing that. <laughs> <clears throat> My friends were saying stuff about look at that girl's butt boy with whipped cream and I, uh, squeeze and I'd uh, like to and I, of course, am uh sitting in the passenger seat uh reading Othello and uh working on string theory while these perverts are looking at these young women's delicious buttocks As I, of course, am a little bit busy, you know, working on some haiku. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, but the funny thing about it is because these ladies are like 19, 20 years old, their mothers are in their mid early to mid forties. Which means they still, even to us young guys at the time, are well within I'd like to jump on top of a range. And of course, as guys do, not me, of course, I'm up. I'm, of course, up front working on a cure for several diseases and and figuring out math sequences. (laughs) Shut up. They're going, I don't know about you, but uh <laughs> I mean, if I was doing something with the daughter, I wouldn't exactly be upset if a mom showed up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a mom I mean I could see that the future looks bright. I mean, she's twenty years old, her mom's forty five, and all I'm saying is she's gonna be looking like that when she's forty five. I'm cool with it. At <laughs> least I think that's what they were saying, because I was up front trying to figure out ways to make certain middle east conflicts come and to 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 an end because that's what i do while they're ogling the women because i wouldn't do that because it's wrong <laughs> shut up but that's not the shocking part of the thing you see at that point guys are doing saying like sex crap that's trying to be more outrageous than the other guy and, you know, everybody's laughing. I, of course, am not laughing because I'm so grossed out by what they're saying. I have my fingers in my ears going, na 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 nah. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's exactly what I did because I did not, of course, myself partake in the ogling. <laughs> but what I did hear was one of the guys decide to go over the top with his statement. And you ever see a, 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 a one of those TV programs where someone says something? Maybe they're at a dance party and they say something, and then they have that sound effects—the sound effect where where the uh, person just rips the the uh, record off of the off of the off of the record the player, like, and then the music stops and the lights stop, and there's a spotlight on the person, and the person's like, "What did I say?" You know, like save by the, one of those saved by the bell type moments. What did I say? What are you talking about? One of those. So we're driving down, and the guy, and everybody's ogling the the, the daughter and the mothers, but no one. And then the one guy goes, "Whoa, look at that right there!" And everybody's like, "Yeah, where, where, where?" Because we're figuring, I mean, they're figuring, not me, because I was too busy doing some other stuff that was not that. <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, look at that there!" So they, those disgusting sexist pigs. We're, we're looking because they're going, well, we were already ogling the woman and saying over the top objectification of the women. But since this guy just chimed in with a oh, look at that, this woman must be spectacular and incredible. So we really have to stop and, and look at this woman because we have to objectify this woman even more so because obviously she must be even better in our disgusting, sexist way. We must objectify this woman harder. That's what they were saying. <laughs> and he Ooh, over there, And then they see a group of women. And it's a whole family—mother, daughter, grandmother. You know, and it was really nice. They were the, the mother and the daughter were helping the, the grandmother, um, you know, up the ramp a little bit. She had a walker, and the guy goes, "Man, oh, I ain't trying to talk out of school or nothing, but uh, an old lady with the walker got a nice ass." Wham! <laughs> what I say? Music stops. Turned off the radio. Everybody looked back. What? And at first we're thinking, oh, he's trying to be outrageous. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Bill, you're nuts. <laughs> oh, 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 he wasn't kidding. Because he kept talking. And we were looking at him like, what? What? You're looking at the... What are you looking at the old lady's ass for? What, what's wrong with you? Is, I mean, really? Is it? And now all of a sudden, these guys were just saying all sorts of disgusting things about all the 20-year-old women's buttocks. This guy says that, and they're all looking at him like, really? You want to get out of the car or something? You want to catch a bus home? What the hell is what's wrong with you, man? What this? this, this, this you're sick. <laughs> what do you say? I'm just saying. You I know mean, what you just said? Be like us. Say disgusting things about the woman in their 20s and maybe even the mom. Say stuff about the grandma. What the hell is wrong with the hell?s Come on, man. Jesus. Christ. And from that point on, and the rest of the ride, everybody kind of sat quietly. Didn't even turn the radio back on, which didn't bother me much because I was doing several lab experiments in, in the passenger seat, trying to find a cure for the common cold. <laughs> Shut up. But friends will say things that shock you sometimes, man. You know, friends will say things that just blow your mind. Friends will be something that you don't think they actually are. Sometimes you think you know the person and then something will happen and you don't know them as well as you think you did. It happened to me recently and this happened Now that happened a long time ago. This literally happened Today. You know, this is the 22nd of June, and that happened today. I go back to my hometown to visit some relatives. I'm driving down the street, and I was kind of reminiscing as I drove down the street because there's a business on one side and uh, another business on the other side. And I remember the first time I walked down the street a few years ago, there was a guy with a hot dog cart. And I saw a bunch of people standing in front of the hot dog cart, and I'm thinking, this hot dog cart's kind of out of place. this is necessarily the kind of place where you normally see this is a residential area and even though there's these two businesses here these are kind of, these businesses are kind of standalone businesses and this guy's got the hot dog cart and people are pulling over and getting the hot dogs. This must be some good ass hot dogs and sausages and whatnot so i pull over and i get a hot dog and oh, no, i got a sausage actually and i ate it and he hooked up with the condiments he had all these he put this on there put all he drop chop this up and throw that on there put a little sauce and, and onions and this and put the sauerkraut and this that on it and the special this that this and here that and put this on that and spy that and stir fry that and put this on there and i ate it and it was awesome i didn't eat it then i ate it at home but i'm going man i'm gonna go back and get some more of these damn sausages this guy rules and I noticed that everybody was there. And what happens is, you know, sometimes, when you, let's say for the sake of argument, you... You, you catch a bus to work and you know what bus you have to catch to get to work at the appropriate time. And obviously there's an 80 percent chance that the people that you meet have to literally have to catch this specific bus to get to where they're going. And if it's the same people again and again, you begin to build up a relationship with those people. You don't know their name. You may not. You may. You don't know their last names. You may not even know their names right away, but you'll fall into conversation. And if it's a pleasant conversation, you brighten up a little bit when you see them. Well, at this particular location where the hot dog cart was, we had an opportunity to meet each other and we'd hang out. And everybody was coming at lunch at the same time and I would be driving by at the same time. And we'd all order the same type of stuff and we'd build up these hot dog cart relationships. I like hot dog cart relationships. You know, when I say that, I mean the kind of relationship I just described. You don't really know these people. You have little short conversations. The amount of time you spend speaking to these people is the amount of time you're in line. Maybe five to eight minutes at the most, right? But over the course of time, those little bits of information, you start to find out what the person's first name is. You find out their marital status. You find out that they have kids. You find out how many kids they have. You find out some kid had surgery. Some kid had a game last night. And you start to then it starts to build up like that. And those hot dog cart relationships are cool. I even built up a hot dog cart relationship with the dude who ran the hot dog cart. You know, that hot dog cart relationship went from buying a hot dog or the sausage and going home and eating it. And then they got to the point where I would open it up, take a little bite out of it and put it back in the bag and finish eating it on the way home. And then I would eat half of it while I was talking to him. And then it got to the point where we were at the highest level of hot dog cart friendship. where I would buy the hot dog or, or the sausage and eat the damn thing standing there talking to the guy because we had the highest level hot dog slash sausage cart relationship damn it it got to the point where our hot dog cart relationships with the people that were there at that lunchtime we would literally sit there and eat our hot dogs and our sausages while talking to each other and of course sausage man himself now obviously i had the closest relationship it wasn't a real relationship it was one of those hot dog cart relationships but the number one hot dog cart relationship was with hot dog cart man himself And the second level hot dog cart relationship was with another guy who was cool and we had long conversations while we ate our sausage and drank our sodas and chips and walked away. So I'm driving down the street today and I see my number two level hot dog slash sausage cart relationship guy and I... Roll down the window because I have a different car now. That was when I knew him before. I didn't have the mighty Toyota Camry, which I have now. What car do I have now? The mighty Toyota Camry. And I roll the window down. Hey, S, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? And he goes, Oh man, I haven't seen you in about a year and a half. I said, Yeah, man, I haven't been around. Yeah, man, it's good to see you. I said, Good to see you too, brother, man. And and uh, he goes, Oh man, you know what happened to our boy, don't you? Now, when he said, oh, boy, he was referring to Mr. Hot Dog Slash Sausage Cart himself. I said, yeah, I said, I came back a while ago. He wasn't even here, man. He goes, I know, man. I thought he found another location or something. I said, yeah, what happened to him? Oh, uh, you don't know what happened to him? No. Nah. Oh, my God, we heard about it, man. Everybody in in the hood heard about it in my part of the neighborhood because Hot Dog Cart Man apparently lived close to my second love number two Hot Dog Cart friendship, which is the man I'm speaking to right now in this story. And Hot Dog Cart Man 2 tells me about Hot Dog Cart Level 1 relationship, the Hot Dog Cart Man. And what do they say? You know, Hot Dog Cart Man's in jail, man. He was in jail. He's been in jail for a year. And I'm going, what? What? How is Hot Dog Cart Man in jail? What the hell could Hot Dog Cart Man do? Did he put in jail what do you do go up and what he do go up and whoop ronald mcdonald's ass because something like that huh kick burger king in the ass what the hell could he have possibly done and as it turns out hot dog cart man sold hot dogs during the day but at night he sold uh, something else and it wasn't hot dogs oh no i don't know what it was but all I'm going to say. It rhymes with Mo And. Marowin. <laughs> I'm going. What? He goes. Yeah man. He got caught with a whole lot of it man. He was trying to do a big deal. Because he wanted to do this. that, And he's running through all this crap that he heard. I don't know how much of it was true. I knew the part about him being in jail was true. Because I checked with a couple other people. And I didn't even know Hot Dog Cartman's name. I, we, In fact he didn't. He knew Hot Dog Cart Man's name, but he knew I didn't know Hot Dog Cart Man's name. So he kept referring to him as Hot Dog Cart Man. And as it turns out, Hot Dog Cart Man is not getting out of jail for a long time. He'll be Hot Dog Cart Grandpa when he gets out of jail. Or he'll be in a hot dog box when he gets out of jail. Why? Because he sold some stuff that rhymed with Mocaine and Merowin. And it never occurred to me. I, Like I said, he wasn't a friend. We weren't buddies or anything. But I saw him on a regular basis. And when I hung out with him, meaning stood there eating my sausage in front of the, the damn cart when he sold the crap to me. He just seemed like a regular everyday guy. Really nice guy. Funny guy. Charming guy. Pleasant guy. Hardworking guy. But as it turned out, Hot Dog Cart Man is now prison man and it never occurred to me that this bastard under any circumstances could ever be some kind of kingpin whenever you see a kingpin in the movies it's always tony montana Lord, they my little friend and he's got the big submachine gun and he's got the cocaine on the table in the big house and he's banging the michelle pfeiffer and all of that crap and this guy's got a hot dog cart And the only time I heard him say, say hello to my little friend was when he had a drink that he was adding to his menu called Little Friend. Say hello to my little friend. What's that? Well, it's this new soda I have called Little Friend. And if you buy the sauces, deal number two, you get the the sauces with the sauce and stuff on it. You get a bag of chips and you get a a little friend for free. (laughs) You know? And that was really weird. It was really, really weird. Like that first one, it never occurred to me that I was driving down the street that, that this guy who I was cool with would be sitting there fantasizing about an old woman's ass. You know, you're sitting in the back. You're sitting there going, where did that come from? Be objectified like all the other guys in the car objectify. Healthy objectification to disgusting things about what you wanted to do to a 20-year-old woman's booty. That's acceptable. Even, of course, even though I didn't partake of that conversation because I was too busy um, working on you know, special scientific experiments that were different than what they were doing because i'm a more enlightened man than that i didn't even know women had buttocks (laughs) but you really don't know who you're dealing with now that guy we had to get rid of that bastard he never hung out with us again because we all had grandmoms that were still alive and we didn't want his punk ass around and hot dog cart man what the hell bro wasn't the hot dog cart money enough you had to start selling marijuana and mocaine and Mac mocaine and Jeff. I couldn't find another. I had, meth has an M in it, so I couldn't use an M because then I would have said meth, and then that would actually have been the word. So that's why I just said Jeff. Because well, maybe did I just say Jeff? I don't know. The dude sold drugs, and I didn't know anything about it. I just thought he was a hot dog cart man. So that's just the weird thing, man. You really don't, you think you know people, but as it turns out, you kind of don't. Like, there's some of you that have been listening to me for over a year. You don't know that I got six dead dudes in the backyard. Okay, listen, I'm a little too lazy to edit that last part out about the six dead dudes in my backyard. But what I'm going to say to all of you people, I know there's a whole lot of you out there listening to this. But what I'm saying is you didn't hear nothing. You understand As far as you know I'm a funny guy With interesting stories And what I do In my private life With them six dead dudes In the backyard Is none of your business You understand What I'm saying You heard nothing About that part That part you I ain't even gonna erase it For your own good You gonna act like You didn't hear that part You understand What I'm saying Damn it <laughs> Anyway <laughs> So what I'm saying Is you really don't know people as well as you think you do you know what i mean keep your mouth shut you understand what i'm saying don't make me come out there and do some- <laughs> segment over all right guys let's talk about it we're going to talk about the shooting at the church but i'm going to talk about it in a different context. because as i as i like to say sometimes things are a little bit bigger than we think they are now, obviously, it's a massive tragedy when nine people are gunned down no matter where they are. But you know, these nine people were in a church and this uh, this bull cut bastard went in there and shot them. What I like to say, basically, is if you really think about it. In the grand scheme of things, you have to realize how dangerous. The mindset is that made this person do this because there are a lot of people that feel the way this person does. Now, if you compare it to the number of people that don't, it's a smaller number. Obviously, the overwhelming majority of people don't hate anyone enough to actually themselves go up and shoot people and kill them in cold blood. It takes a lot to shoot a human being, especially a human being that didn't do anything to you. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of hatred to do that. The next level is people that wouldn't actually do it, but will look a blind eye or excuse people that do that. And unfortunately, we have a have entire cable networks. I'm not going to mention anyone specifically that will give comfort to people with that mindset, who will be willfully ignorant, who will act like. A person who has racist pictures and a racist manifesto and said that they wanted to shoot black people because they were taking over and they were raping their women who actually said that and act like it's a war on Christians. Do you know how hard you have to twist facts to come up with that? And if you twist facts that hard, you can't twist facts that hard Accidentally It requires a plan Some lies are so intricate And require so much work And such a hard And heavy pull And push and squeeze That you realize There's an agenda behind it And unfortunately there's that The agenda behind that Is part of the mindset That creates this person as it is Because there's really no reason To shoot another human being Especially if they were nice to you this person goes into the church with the purpose of shooting a bunch of people because of their skin color, because he believes them to be horrible human beings. And it's amazing how similar his talking points are to certain news out, uh, news outlets. But we come to find later on that he almost didn't do it because they were so nice to him. Keep in mind, you go in with the mindset that these are horrible people. They're raping your women. They're attacking and taking your country over. You walk in as someone that does not look like them at all. They welcome you in and treat you so well as a stranger that does not look like them and can't do anything for them. You see that and still stand up or whatever you did, pull a gun out and murder these people. And what that says is, once again, twisting and pulling and squeezing to make the lie real. You believe these were horrible people. You had personal knowledge that what you said about these individuals was not true. So much so that you thought about not even doing this, quote, mission. But you still did because facts be damned. Where else are would you go and, you, and facts be damned?
1: Hmm.
0: Where else would you go? Where else do you see a place or places or hear of places where facts don't matter as long as what I want to do? I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what the facts are. There are a lot of people that see this and obviously agree with it. I don't think it's a a, a gigantic number, but enough that you have to be careful of it. Say for the sake of argument, 90 percent of the people are in the country are just wonderful people and they don't have that feeling at all. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, 10% do. Just an, a random number. This is not a number where I've, I've actually seen this number written anywhere. I'm just trying to make a point. And it shows you how dangerous that small number of people is. are. Think about this all the hate groups, bigots on radio, bigots on television, bigots in the media. The number of them versus the number of people in the country, they're small. But look at the power they have because they're so loud and they're in the right places. 90% don't feel that way. 10% do. Just as a random, just as a random thought experiment. And normally 90% is pretty damn good. 90%. I got a 90% on this test. 90%. That's an A. You are an A student. The 10% that you didn't get, who cares? I got 90% right. And that's how you'd feel. But think about the 10%. Now imagine in this thought experiment, for every percentage point under 100, someone who's a professional level MMA fighter gets to kick you in the balls once for every point under 100. And they can kick you as hard as they want. And you can't stop. You can't block it. You have to let them do it. Now, all of a sudden, that 90% doesn't look too good, does it? Because the professional MMA fighter is going to kick you in the crotch 10 times. And that's what I think about when I see these people that do these horrible things. There's a small number of them, but the things they do that are are so horrible, we have to work to eliminate that. After a while, you get you kind of get tired of being the canary in the coal mine. And that's what it feels like sometimes when something horrible happens to people who are a part of an oppressed group. Because everybody just kind of blows off what happens to you. You know, you see people on TV uh, getting their asses kicked by somebody who should be protecting them. And then all of a sudden you get entire news networks digging through their past to try to find some reason why they deserved it. Then someone who looks like the people who are on the news network, when they do something horrible that you can see that was horrible, that we can prove is horrible, that's on film. They act. They have to sit there and try to make the person who was the perpetrator look like an angel. You'll find the thug picture of the kid that gets shot. But the person that does the shooting that walks into a, 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 a school and shoots someone walks into a movie theater and shoots someone wears a uniform and shoots someone when they shouldn't. All of a sudden, this person's the best. This person's awesome. And what does that do? That relegates the people that are getting shot, that are being oppressed. That relegates them to the canary in the coal mine. But the people who are holding you down, who are making those excuses for the people who are doing horrible things to you and don't care because they don't look like you, they don't realize that, once again, you're the canary in the coal mine. Think about it. Do you really think the people... Who are hateful enough to walk into a church and shoot somebody, walk into a school and shoot somebody, blow up a building, you know, and I'm not talking about the the terrorists overseas. I'm talking about the people that do things here in the United States. Do you think they're going to stop at just black people? Hmm. Really? Do you think if you have rogue cops, as you want to call them, if you think you have bad police officers, you think they're going to just stop at blacks and Latinos? Really? You really think that? You really think people that are demented and mean and hateful or people who are crazy and drunk with power, you think they're going to stop there? Really? It doesn't work like that. Hatred doesn't work like that. Being power hungry doesn't work like that. It's like the Grand Canyon. It just just, there's a river that just keeps cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting cutting over time. And eventually it won't just stop at that kid who grabbed some cigarettes and got shot in the face. It's going to be your kid next. Think about it. Say he decides, you know what? I'm not going to shoot anybody in this church. But he's still all jacked up and juiced up. He's still all working. He's still got all worked up about wanting to hurt somebody. And your kid, person who's on the news, your kid cuts this jerk off who shot the people in the church. Your kid cuts him off in traffic. And he doesn't like the expression on your kid's face. And he's got a gun. Then what? Because you know what he's going to do Say he decides to go into a supermarket Or a mall in your neighborhood He's definitely not going to go into a neighborhood With all those blacks you will go into a mall in your neighborhood And he, you're taking too long in line in front of him Or you take the last DiGiorno pizza Or you take his parking spot Or you're listening to rap music a little too loud And he thinks you like black people too much And he's got a gun and he's worked up. What do you think happens? Sometimes you got to realize that it's not just that person over there. Remember when I talked about the party? If you have someone that you have a party and this guy's walking through the party. And and I I was talking about before somebody comes into a party and he's kicking the ass of everybody over six feet tall. I was talking about that with somebody kicking ass of everybody six feet tall. You're 5'11". You don't give a crap. But you think he's going to stop just kicking that person's ass? He's in the house with you. Eventually, he's going to get around you. And when you see that fist coming towards you, you to, what the hell is this? Because he's already kicked everyone else's ass. But he's in the building with you. And you could have solved the problem. You could have dragged him out, called the police, stopped him, shamed him, done something to stop that behavior before he got to you. Even if you don't care about the person who's getting their ass kicked over there. You should mourn the loss of anybody whose life is cut short. It doesn't matter what their color is or what religion they are. Why do we get so worked up over what somebody looks like? You know, somebody's nose is a different shape. Their hair texture is a different shape. They got a little extra weight on them. They believe this deity. They believe in that deity. They, they believe in no deity. Why do we care? I don't understand. So when I see these tragedies happen and I see them, uh, the reactions on social media and we trace these actions back to these hate groups and hateful people and politicians who are bigots, but try to act like they're not. Or they use flowery, wonderful, lovely language and a warm smile as they say code use coded language to show who they really are. You got to stop and think, man. Even if you don't care about what's happening to another person, you should care about it for your own self. Because that guy that gets shot in the back running from the police officer, that could be you, too. Trust me, it could be you, too. I've never committed a crime. I don't even have parking tickets, but I know what it's like to have a bunch of people with guns in my face because I fit the description. I know what it's like. And I realized that in those occasions, especially in the locations and the cities that I was in, I could very easily have had 12, 13 bullets pumped into my ass and I didn't commit a crime at all. But you know what happened on certain news stations when they comb through my life and realize that I'm a hardworking, good guy that doesn't have any enemies, that's never committed a crime, that doesn't have any parking tickets, doesn't have anything they could dig up, which is the truth about me all of a sudden it would turn into something else they would change the dialogue they would try to stay away from the the innocent guy who's super duper clean and turn it into something else but that, that wouldn't help my family now would it it's like it doesn't help the family of the people that these things happen to right now, especially when you turn on the news and your radio and you got people on the Internet digging up bullshit and doing sorts of stupid pictures and all that kind of ridiculousness, spitting on the grave of somebody that died and spitting in the face of the people that mourned them. I would say that these cable news stations and radio stations that just spit hate all over everybody else i would say you should be ashamed of yourself but that would require you actually giving a damn about someone that's different and you don't they don't so you can't say they should be ashamed of themselves why should they they believe what they're saying because they don't have empathy at least not for anybody that doesn't look like them or believe what they believe Let's not act like there's no racism in the country because there is. And as soon as we decide that we're not going to put up with it as a larger group, as soon as the larger group, the majority of people start paying attention and stop buying into the complete horse crap that you hear on television all the time. That's when you begin to solve the problem. Until then, what do you get? People getting shot in church. People getting shot for walking down the middle of the street. People getting shot in in, in Walmart holding a toy gun. People getting shot in the back because they're doing cosplay. 12 year olds getting shot before the police car stops. People getting 12 year olds getting tased in the back while they're being held to the ground. People getting choked because they're selling cigarettes. I don't want it. I want it to stop now. Now let's stop it now because if we don't stop this now it's going to start happening to everybody I wanted to stop now because as it is right now I'm subject to it every time I walk out the door I got to think in the back of my mind do these people give enough of a damn about me meaning the people that feel that way that could put me in danger Do they even give a crap now I know the majority of people are pretty cool But the majority of people, the majority of us as citizens have to be even more cool and more cognizant of what's going on and have to get up and stand up and have. You know, be more aggressive when it comes to stopping these things, because you're not going to get help with the media, because we all know who owns that people that don't like you because you're not loaded. You know who's on the radio. You know, people that don't like you because you're not loaded. We know who's in the government people that don't like you because you're not loaded but there's more of us than there are of them individually we can't do anything against them but as a group they can't do anything against us but we just have to become that group segment over Well, folks, thank you very, very much. This has been episode number 168 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. Uh, Has it been an incredibly weird one? Yes. Was there a very serious segment? Yes. Will there always be weird crap here? Yes. To the new people that have been listening, thank you very, very much. I appreciate you coming. To the people that have been listening forever, thank you very, very much. Thank you for staying. And the new people, you got to stay too, damn it. And all of you bring back people to listen to this crap. Uh, My Twitters, I have two. The first one is at S. Anthony Thomas. That's me. And the one for the show is at S. Anthony Says. Um The email address is the podcast at gmail.com. I know a lot of you know that, but there's some new people, so I'm saying it again, damn it. I want to thank you guys very, very much, no matter where you're listening to me, whether you're listening to me on iTunes, where you can share and subscribe. Subscribe, damn it. Give me some damn five-star reviews if you know what's good for you. Stitcher Radio or iTunes or PodBay or Pocket Casts. It doesn't matter where you listen. The most important thing to me is that you do And I really, really appreciate the fact that you do. In fact, listen, much love to everybody. And I will see you again next week. You have been warned. (laughs) S. Anthony out.
1: While I've been here